all, and welcome to the first official episode of For What It's Earth with me, Marissa Jacobs of the Art of Ecology. Here, nature enthusiasts, wildlife lovers, and eco-warriors can discover and explore so many facets of the environment we all love and some creative ways to make a positive difference for the planet. This week, we'll examine some ways to reduce single-use plastic and plastic consumption overall as a way to celebrate this July is Plastic Free July. Hopefully we have heard of the Skip the Straw campaign, which is just a campaign that was put out there to help us learn how straws reusable, or not reusable, but the sippy straws that you get at restaurants or that we may buy ourselves, how that can impact the environment and how refusing those straws or skipping the straws can benefit those, those species and the ecosystems that we love. Or maybe we've heard about bans on plastic grocery bags, which is fantastic and absolutely great. You may have seen the heart-wrenching images of seabirds with their stomachs full of little plastic bits or turtles with straws stuck up their noses or six pack rings around their shells and how their growth is all stunted and they're deformed. These images are supposed to elicit some sort of an emotional reaction. Those reactions drive conservation efforts. And I mean, we look at those and we're like, oh, that's so sad or oh no, the poor little turtle. We're supposed to feel that way when we see those it creates in us a sense of empathy. Once we see those images, we can have it be in the forefront of our mind of what our actions could have a consequence of. That empathy that comes in our minds when we see those images is the root of change. So yeah, we see those, they're often on eco-friendly ads, things like that, plastic-free ideas, and it's designed to get us to change the way we think and change the way we act. But honestly, it's easy enough to go and say at a restaurant, no, thank you, I don't need the straw, and the server puts it back in their little pocket, or to find a super cute canvas tote bag that has little succulents on it to take to the grocery store to go shopping with. Or it's easy enough to get one of those water bottles that has, you know, at six o'clock line and at eight o'clock and at 10 o'clock, all those lines to help measure how hydrated you are. It's great to have those water bottles that we take with us everywhere. And it's easy enough to do. They're in huge supply. Go to Target, go to Walmart, go on Amazon, go on Etsy. They're everywhere. You can even make your own. But those steps, of the reusable shopping bags, the refusal of straws, the um, canvas totes and the water bottles. Those are great steps, but they aren't the only ones to take to protect the animals and the ecosystems that we love. So I keep saying that it helps wildlife, it helps ecosystems, but overall, why should we be reducing plastic? I mean, after all, plastic is super, super, super convenient. Not gonna lie, as an ecologist, I still use plastic. 
I'm probably not ever going to attain full zero waste, zero plastic in my life. Not that I'm not trying. I have heavily reduced my plastic consumption whenever I can. But let me tell you, those takeout containers that, yeah, I came back from vacation. I got back at 6 p.m. I am not making dinner or going grocery shopping. So getting takeouts is great. And yes, I can reuse those takeout containers because they make amazing leftover Tupperware dishes. Plastic grocery bags make perfect emergency dog poop bags when I realized last minute that I ran out of the rolls of my eco-friendly stuff. I need something to pick up my dog poop. Weird thing to say, but I do. I'm not going to leave it there because that's not eco-friendly either. But I don't have anything. Well, those plastic bags that I got at the grocery store work in a pinch. Bubble tea. Amazing, amazing drink to have. But it, you know, it's better when you have one of those big fat straws to slurp those bobas up with. I mean, you're not going to get anything in a normal little straw. And just sipping it out of the cup, I mean, you can do it, but let's be real. Some of the fun goes away when you do that. So, yeah, it's convenient. Now, one of the biggest problems with anything, and this is anything overall, is moderation. A lot of times we have a hard time doing anything in moderation. You know, there's the saying of go big or go home. Well, for most of the time, you want to find something right in the middle, right between the go big or the go home. Sugar, sweets, bad for you when you eat a ton of it. But honestly, the body needs some sort of sugars in order to survive. So it's not the worst thing in moderation. I get burnt by the sun. I go out and an excess of the sun of those UV rays can hurt my skin. Sun can cause cancer. But in moderation, when used quote unquote properly, not only does it feel good, we're warm, we're happy, but it has vital life-saving health benefits in moderation. Plastic is the same. Plastic is a tool, which means that it needs to be used correctly. And when plastic is used correctly, it can have some great uses and great applications, but we haven't been doing that. We can't really take a step back and say, oh, we'll rewind time and now use it in moderation. No, we went crazy. We went all for it. Everything was plastic. And that is not good. Yes, I super highly encourage everyone, every single person to try to go zero waste. But I also want to encourage people not to freak out and be like, oh no, plastic, ah! Every time that you look or even touch plastic, right? That's gonna make our lives so much harder, so much more frustrating. We're gonna get stressed out. The amount of energy we expend is gonna be crazy. And then we're gonna do other things that negatively impact the environment, right? So if every single person was to make even just one step to say, I'm going to get rid of plastic in my life in this way that I know I can do, and every single person did that, 
wow, that's a lot of plastic that we no longer have. As opposed to saying, no, this one little tiny person over here is completely plastic free and no one else is. That's not going to make too much of a difference in the grand scheme. A huge part of just your normal person's plastic problem comes down to single-use plastics. Yeah, there's way more plastic stuff that's going on. Lots of issues with fishing nets. So many issues with fishing lines. Lots of, lots of big problems there, but that's not your average person. The average person's big problem is with those single-use. And these are plastics that, as the name implies, after one use gets disposed of. Many of us out here have good intentions and we often try to recycle those items. But honestly, the recycling process isn't fully effective at giving those items a second life. And in fact, not everything can be recycled. Many times along the journey from our trash bins or recycle cans to the landfill or recycling facility, plastic items can fall out or get blown away along the road. Or maybe we went out hiking and had some lunch and stuff fell out of our bag. Even if we're super into the leave no trace policy, stuff happens, right? Maybe we don't notice that our napkin blew away, that our little trash collecting bag didn't catch everything that we put back in our bag. It happens. There are so many ways for plastic bits to wind up along roadsides, in our waterways, and eventually in our oceans. Have you heard of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch? This is a floating island of plastic debris, and now it is twice the size of Texas and is composed of pieces of trash that may have started its journey on land and due to water runoff, currents, wound up floating in the ocean. From there, animals can easily confuse it as food. Think, for example, that sea turtle picture, right? Uh, the sea turtle with lots of plastic. A plastic bag kind of floating and bobbing along in the ocean currents in the water looks very similar to one of the sea turtle's main food sources, which is jellyfish that also bob and float along in the water have this translucent and a weird whitish quality to them. Looks very similar to a creature that's eyesight isn't super perfect. Others might eat it and feel like, okay, I ate a thing, yummy, tasted good, went down my throat nice and easy. I am full. And they're not actually getting any nutrition from it. They're not able to digest it properly. So despite the fact that they feel as if they're eating, they feel as if they're full because their stomachs are technically full. They do starve. They become emaciated, wind up dying due to a nutritional deficiency. There are currently, and this is being recorded in July of 2021, there are currently five gyres in our ocean. And a gyre is a big, one of these big garbage patches where the currents and the water sweeps all of the floating plastic bits into one area. 
There's currently five, but that number is expected to increase due to the amount of plastic that humans are consuming. Right now, there is one in the North Atlantic, South Atlantic, North Pacific, South Pacific, and in the Indian Ocean. In fact, it's estimated that by 2050, the amount of plastic in the ocean will exceed the amount of fish in the ocean. To an ecologist, that's unacceptable. Fish are such a huge bioindicator of environmental health. They provide nutrients and food for so many other tiers of the food chain. They help with nutrient cycling. If there's not fish in our oceans, life on land will not continue to be what it should be. But honestly, many of us probably know that single-use plastics impact the ocean. That's one of the things that we're kind of taught now in this day and age. But did you also know how much fossil fuel it takes to produce these plastics? These fossil fuels pollute the air and groundwater through accidental leaks. Yes, plastic can be convenient and helpful in the moment. But many of these plastics are forever. They take millions of years, hundreds, thousands, millions of years to degrade, and it takes even longer when buried in a landfill. Well, that's where most of the plastic has to go because it actually can't be recycled. By reducing our plastic consumption, we can mitigate or slow some of this damage. So now ask yourself if what you have can be reused can you recycle it? You may want to check with local, your municipality or your township's recycling programs to see if you even can. Remember how I mentioned that recycling isn't the most effective? Only about 12% or less of what we put in the recycling bin will ever actually be recycled. But the whole reason behind that, that could take, I, I could talk forever about that. So that's a story for another day. But just keep that in mind when considering what you're purchasing or what you're throwing away. I keep mentioning how plastic can be convenient, yeah. But overall, it's best to avoid it. So what are some ways, other than getting bamboo or metal straws and water bottles? We know about those. So what are some ways that the average person, you, me, the dude sitting next to you on the commute, the person on the other side of the room at the restaurant, how can we reduce our plastics to make a positive impact on the health of the oceans and the ecosystems here on land too? I've got some quick suggestions. I've got 10 that I'm gonna bang out here and not in any particular order, just how it's coming out of my brain. But first, let's take a look at our toiletries from shampoo bottles, to the toothbrush, to the poofy, scrubby, loofah things that make all the soap lather just perfectly. We use a ton of plastic in our bathrooms. Some interesting things that you may wanna try out are shampoo bars. These reduce the bottle need for our shampoo. Shampoo might not be liquid anymore. It's kind of like a bar of soap, but you use that bar of soap 
on your hair and it's shampoo. It's really cool. There's a whole bunch of different brands to try from. And I'm seeing that now even Giant, my local grocery store here where I live, has started to carry a whole little line of shampoo bars. You could look at bamboo toothbrushes and a reusable washcloth for your body instead of a loofah, one of those plastic, super vibrant, colorful things. There's even eco-friendly deodorant tubes and shaving equipment out there as well. Number two, clothing and how we shop at clothing stores. A lot of our clothes, especially synthetics like polyesters, have plastic in them. When you look for eco-friendly clothing, take a look at the tag to see what your clothes are going to be made out of. Are they wool, cotton, bamboo, silk? These are all things that come from nature, either animal like wool or plant like cotton and bamboo. Getting that material, paying attention to what your clothes are made of can actually reduce your plastic consumption. And when you're at the checkout line and the person's like, hey, do you want your hanger? Say no. The stores will usually reuse those hangers for future garments. And then you can get some metal or bamboo wooden ones when you get home. I really like wooden hangers. They don't leave weird marks or puckers in the shoulders. And wood ones actually can help with humidity or insect impact on your clothes when they're in the hanger as well. So another cool little perk. You could also just fold them and stick them in a drawer if they are of the foldable variety. Number three, eating local. We've got so many ways to eat local, whether you're rural or urban, there's a whole bunch of different varieties. I know where I live, there's a ton of little roadside farm stands. In more rural or agriculture areas, you may have butcher shops or farms that sell their own meat. Local delis can provide you with all sorts of food without crazy processed packaging, no Tupperwares, no excess bagging. Checking for bulk stores can help as well. You can take your own bags and containers and fill them on up. Not only are you going to then be reducing your plastic consumption, but you're also going to be reducing the fuels and the emissions that happen during the transportation and preservation of food that have to go over much longer distances. Another great way for eating local is to learn about foraging. I've got a ton of foraging workshops that I do. There's so much natural bounty in our own backyards, in our own communities. If you don't have a backyard, but there's a park near you, weeds, like, you know, little things that pop up on grassy lawns or near sidewalks, so many of them are edible. And once we learn about the various things that nature just kind of provides, maybe we don't need to go to the store and get a whole big thing of lettuce in a plastic container. You can just bring, you know, a glass dish with you out on a walk and do some foraging. 
food packaging. This kind of goes hand in hand with the eating local issue, but our favorite foods often come in a ton of plastic. Coffee might come in K-cups, which granted you can get reusable K-cups. We store our leftovers in plastic wrap, baggies, or those takeout containers, but Making reusable beeswax wraps is a great substitution for all of those. Again, bulk food stores are such a great, wonderful haven to find. If you find a bulk food store, keep that in your brain for the entire time that you live there. Bringing your own containers, glass, metal, wood, what have you, you know, pull your, pull your shirt out and create one of those little bowls out of the front of your t-shirt. Please don't do that. Don't actually do that at the store. But all of these are ways to reduce your plastic consumption with your food. Cooking from scratch is a great way. Flour usually comes in a paper bag. Um, sugar might come in a paper bag. Not like those brown paper bags, but the bag that is holding it together is made out of a paper base. Or you may find like cardboard or wood pulp boxes of cornstarch or baking soda. And honestly, being able to make your own food not only is more sustainable for you, it's also going to be healthier. Number five, garbage cans. This may seem like a strange, icky, weird thought, but did you know that you can actually get reusable garbage bags? Get a couple of them, right? Get like three or so, and you wash them. They are designed to be washed in between uses. So you line your trash bin with this reusable bag. When you go out for trash day, you empty the whole entire thing into the big dumpster or whatever it is that you put your trash into, and then throw that bag in the wash, put one of the spare ones into the can as the new liner, and just kind of rotate them like that. You'll be surprised at how much money you can save by not having to get those plastic garbage bags month after month after month. Also, take a look at composting your food waste, right? If you've got that reusable thing, you probably don't want to be putting mango pits that are juicy and sticky into this nice reusable thing or fish bones. But think about if you can do some indoor composting, uh, urban composting with worm bins, or if you have the space to create a compost bin outside. Recycle what you can, whenever you can. And overall, you're gonna be using less garbage bags overall, whether you are still using the plastic ones or have switched to the reusable ones. Six, gardening equipment. As a nature lover, ecologist, wildlife gardener, I buy a lot of plants. I do a lot of propagations. Plants are great. Sharing those plants with others are great. But you know what isn't great? Those weird black, green, and reddish plastic pots. Those nursery pots 
can be a whole pain to recycle, to try to reuse. It's not a good time. But if you get those pots, ask your garden center or nursery if they recycle or reuse the nursery pots or repurpose them. Many stores, those nursery centers will say, yes, we would love to have them back. So you can go plant all your stuff, collect a whole stack and bring them back to your nursery center. You could also repurpose them for your own seed starting in future years. Or maybe tricky, but there are such things as compostable gardening pots, like those little peat pots or the biodegradable pots and flats that can go right in the ground during planting, be broken down and used by the plants as nutrients. Seven, convenient eating. Plastic forks, knives, and spoons, and cups are great for parties and picnics when you want easy cleanup. You're having a party, a wedding. There's a ton of people there. That's a lot of dishes to deal with. You've got graduation parties that you probably hosted recently, Father's Day, your summer barbecues. You really, the last thing you wanna do after a day of partying, swimming, hanging out outside, is to come back in at like 9 p.m. after your bonfire and wash up 30 people's dishes. Ew, no. So you want easy cleanup, but usually that easy cleanup comes at the cost of the planet's health. We've got those paper plates that have that glossy coating on them. Eh, not gonna work. Even if you think, oh, I'm gonna get paper plates that don't have that gloss on it because then it's just paper. Well, you can't really recycle things that have food waste on it. That's gonna contaminate all the rest of the recycling. So now you gotta put it in the landfill. Not good either. There's ways around it. Instead, try biodegradable or even edible utensils if you don't want the hassle of you know washing or having to deal with reusable stuff. Eight, stylish accessories. We've got watches, sunglasses, scrunchies, hair ties, all of these things, jewelry that we use. Well, what happens when they break? Granted, we're gonna be using these things hopefully day after day after day. Hopefully you don't get a pair of sunglasses every time you go outside. But what do you do when those things break? What happens? Usually they just get tossed in the trash can. But did you know that there's some really classy looking watches and sunglasses that are made out of wood? Really amazing stuff that at the end of their life, you can technically toss them outside to be composted. You maybe want to look into some of the biodegradable qualities of them and make sure that you can, but even if you have to throw them out and put them in the landfill, you're reducing the amount of time that it's going to take for that thing to be broken down. Nine, writing tools. To be honest, I don't really use or see wooden pencils very much anymore. I see a lot of those mechanical pencils made out of plastic or pens also made of plastic or metal. Fortunately, there's some really unique pens and mechanical pencils that are 
made out of recycled water bottles. What a great second life for that water bottle to have. Some of them that I have seen have been made out of bamboo or actually the mechanical pencil is made out of wood as well and they can be really beautiful. 10, the laundry room. My laundry basket, which granted is used over and over and over and over again, it is made out of plastic. Not, not really making me feel very good about my life, especially when I know that there's some really great alternatives. So I definitely need to keep an eye out on some non-plastic laundry bins for my future. But right now I've got the plastic laundry bin but there's some really pretty, functional, practical, eco-friendly ones that can be made out of fabric, woven fabric, wood, and even, my favorite, upcycled fishing rope. Ghost nets, which are these fishing nets that have been discarded, are one of the biggest, biggest detriments to our oceans in terms of plastic. So when you can find things that are made out of that old fishing rope that has been discarded and then rescued from the ocean, that's a great thing to do. My favorite laundry detergent doesn't actually come in a plastic bottle, but it comes in this thick cardboard that I can wash out really well because it's soap, it washes out really well, and then I can recycle it when finished. You can also get uh, soap sheets, which are more like, it feels like a drier fabric sheet, but you can put it in water and it completely dissolves. And it comes in a little like cardboard envelope. So it takes up hardly any room, which is great in my tiny itty bitty little apartment here and is pretty effective. I also line dry a lot of my clothes, especially in the summer. We go out and we put all our clothes out and it reduces as, uh, reduces our energy consumption, which is great for the environment, but it also will help with the plastic consumption just overall. I have clothespins that have little um, nubbins and texture on the tips to help be a slip resistant thing as they're gripping on to the clothes and wooden ones are definitely the way to go. Now, so those are the 10 kind of categories. There's lots more out there, but 10 categories to kind of help get you inspired. They're a little unique. They're a little different from your standard, you know, straws and plastic bags. Some are easier to do than others, but hopefully, you know, you've gotten inspired. You've learned something new here and you can take one step. Which one of those 10 can you commit to doing this July? And honestly, all of those items are just a Google search away. You can search terms like soap bars, biodegradable party wear, or even home decor recycled fishing ropes. And these are all gonna yield a ton of super cool home products and decor. But keep in mind, if you can find these items and shop in person, that's the best way to go rather than ordering online because how much plastic waste do we find when we 
buy something online, it gets shipped to us and there's a whole bunch of plastic in the box. And we're like, oh, curses. Shopping in person is definitely the way to go if you can. Overall, the best way to slow the damage that plastics cause is to simply refuse it. As consumers, we have a lot of power to show companies and businesses what we value. So this plastic-free July, although hopefully once you get inspired, you can make this a year-round commitment. It's plastic-free July. Take a look at what you reuse, what you can do without, and you may be surprised. You can help create the demand for eco-friendly products. So do you think you can do this? Or do you want to challenge yourself to remove plastic from your life this July? Remember, again, it doesn't have to be just for July. So if you've already, you know, we're halfway through July and you're like, oh, shoot. Well, all right, I better start preparing. But well, now it's not plastic-free July. It's plastic-free August. Doesn't have the same ring. It's okay. Reducing plastic consumption in our lives is great no matter how you start, when you start, or how sim simple and small you start. You can only improve from there. PlasticFreeJuly.org has a great section where you can sign a small pledge and commit yourself to reducing plastic in your life. And no, if you forget or make a mistake, no one's going to come for you. Signing this pledge does not force you into a place that you get nervous and then panic. Don't panic. Signing pledges and making a commitment when we put our name on something, there's a little thing that triggers in our brain that is scientifically proven. When we put our name on something, we're more likely to stick with it. So signing this pledge just gives you a spot to help you be more accountable to yourself. For what it's earth, each person who commits to taking even one small step to better the planet means the entire world to me. So with that, thank you so much for digging deeper into the natural world with the Art of Ecology. If you enjoyed this week's episode, subscribe, review, and continue to follow along to explore more of the wonderful ecosystems we're a part of. For What It's Earth can be found on many podcast streaming platforms. For more tips and eco-inspiration, check out my blog at www.theartofecology.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at The Art of Ecology. And with that, I will see you next week on For What It's Earth.